Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hooper. My name is Julia Davenport. I'm 25. This happened my first semester freshman year, so the fall of 2019. I met him as a friend of a friend in middle school and knew him through high school. He was a year older than me and offered guidance when I posted on Facebook that we'd be going to the same college in the fall. So what happened? I know that you said that he was a friend of a friend. You probably didn't suspect that someone you knew would put you in a situation like this. How did it start? Well, I started off as an out-of-state freshman. I didn't know many people from this from my hometown when I went to school. When I announced that I was going to the University of Arizona, a guy I knew, this guy, from middle school, who was a year older and already in college, reached out to congratulate me and told me that he showed me around the campus. When I got to school, he was a friend. He was someone I trusted. He showed around, he showed me around, he gave me advice. And I became really comfortable with him. We were always flirty, but we never kissed or touched in any way. It was always platonic. Um, it took a couple months, but we stayed friends. And I joined a sorority and he joined a fraternity. Um, my sorority was invited to his fraternity for a mixer. And I drank a little bit too much. I hadn't been someone who drank in high school. So when I got to college, especially a school like U of A, um, I didn't really know how to drink or how to control it or what to do with myself. And so it was all quite new. Um, and when I got drunk at this party, he offered to take me home and I accepted because again, he was someone that I had trusted. He'd someone, he was someone that I had kind of confided in for the last few months because there weren't a whole lot of people I was close with when I went to school. We went to his, two, we went to his place and I was too drunk to object. So I passed out on his bed. Again, I trusted him. I felt like this would be a safe space, safer than me taking an Uber home with a stranger. I woke up later in the night with no pants on and him raping me from behind. I woke up with him already inside of me. I was drunk and I was delirious and I didn't fight it off at all. I basically just went back to sleep. There was nothing I could do. I knew he was larger than me. I knew he was bigger than me. And I knew that at that point and in that state, there was nothing I could do. I woke up the next morning really early. I remember it being around five in the morning. It was still dark out and I just snuck out. I bought myself the morning after pill after having Ubered home to my dorm. I didn't really know what to do. That was something I had held sacred. I was a virgin. Um, so it was very difficult for me to wrap my mind around. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get along with my roommate at the time. Um, and so I took myself to the Walgreens that was near campus. I bought the morning after pill. I went back to my dorm and I cried alone um, once my roommate had gone to class because I didn't feel comfortable talking to her about having lost my virginity in the way that I did. Mm -hmm. um, I really was more concerned at that point with the fact that that had been my virginity, something so important and less focused on the fact that that had been rape. I then, like lots of rape victims do, pursued him in my mind, if we dated and I could just pretend that the rape was actually consensual sex and it was just my first time, it would be better. But that wasn't the case. He wasn't interested in me. We no longer even hung out as friends. He ignored my texts and avoided parties that I'd be at so we wouldn't cross paths. I was heartbroken, I was confused and I didn't tell anyone out of shame and really just confusion. I hadn't really wrapped my mind around whether that was consensual sex or rape or what it, what had really happened. Mm -hmm. 
after a few months, we both ended up at an apartment party together. I had gone with a few girlfriends from my sorority. I knew the guy who lived there and he was in the same fraternity as my rapist. We were cordial and I said hi, but I really didn't interact with him much. Um, later in the night, after a couple of drinks, I was by no means drunk, but had definitely let my inhibitions down a little bit and wasn't looking around. I wasn't aware of where he was in the room. I went to the bathroom. Seems like a normal thing to do. Um, when I went in and went to lock the door behind me, he barged in. Um, at this point, I was again, decently drunk um, and something, and I was just nervous. I knew something was gonna happen. I had those same feelings of feeling concerned and unsafe and like there was nothing I could really do to fight. He's considerably larger than me. I'm not a small woman. I'm I'm five nine. I'm not small, but he's probably around six three or six four. So mm -hmm. I had nothing on him as far as size went. We were in like a loud apartment party. And once he had closed the door behind him, I knew that even screaming or yelling for help would not have done me much good. Um, mm -hmm. because no one would have been able to hear me behind the locked door. Um I really hadn't at this point thought about the fact that what had happened was raped, but when he closed the door behind me and went to kiss me, I was completely concerned. I dodged him and told him to leave me alone and that I just had to pee. He then began to pressure me, telling me it's nothing we haven't done before, told me, asked me why I was being such a bitch. I began to cry and cower. Again, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't yell. I couldn't fight. He just kept yelling at me. I then to try and barricade myself because I knew I couldn't, I couldn't fight him. I basically sat myself down, like squeezed my hips between the bathtub and the toilet in this bathroom so that there was no way that he could physically get to me. Mm -hmm. um, I then began to yell at him. I wasn't yelling for help, but I yelled at him that he had taken my virginity, that that wasn't something that I wanted. I didn't ask for that. I told him that he had raped me and that I was never going to sleep with him willingly. So even though he thought it was something we had done before, I did not see it the same way. He became really frustrated and honestly enraged, telling me I was a liar and a bitch. He rolled his eyes at me and and I just cried and shook, just absolutely, absolutely stood there shaking. He told me I was a liar, a pathetic bitch, and he left the bathroom and the party in a rage. The guy whose apartment we were at heard the yelling when the door had been opened and came in to check on me when he left. My rapist was kicked out of his fraternity the following week and his friends hated me for it till the day that I graduated. They probably still do. I never reported it. In fact, my brain protected me and I forgot entirely about it starting sem second semester freshman year. It's something I never thought about. Mm. The memories only came back a year or two ago um, but I always knew I hated him and I knew why I hated him. It just wasn't an active thought. I didn't actively think about what had happened. I now know that rape manifests in many ways and expecting victims to advocate for themselves moments after an assault was insane, yeah. but I'm just now dealing with my trauma six years later. That honestly just like <clears throat> makes me like really emotional and, um, I don't know. I read, I read your story. Um, and it really, <laughs> and that's why <clears throat> you're on here. Um, I think it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, <clears throat> it's hard to like hear that. And obviously it's like, it's your trauma that you're sharing with people. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but I think, <clears throat> sorry. 
I can just, you're fine. I can just like hear, like, even though now you're out of it and that situation happened six years ago, um, like you said something like for someone who's been assaulted to like be able to logically make decisions after an assault, it's like pretty much impossible. Um, yeah. You, you need yeah. to have like safe people around you to be able to help you and guide you. <coughs> and that's why really? I yeah. think it's so important, like advocating for things like this and people who maybe not, maybe haven't been assaulted, but <clears throat> want to support others who have been and to listen to their stories because like as friends, even like we need to know as people, we need to know what to do after a rape and you know where to go and what not to do and how to advocate for yourself and like unfortunately like if you don't advocate for yourself within the first what what 24 to 48 hours you're pretty much shit out of luck and it's a he said she said situation um and then you have something incredibly precious taken from you and there's no real like justice that's that's done. Right. And I think, you know, hindsight is 2020. 20. I think more than anything, my concern is how many people he was able to do it to because <laughs> I didn't say anything. I knew he had a rep- rep- reputation, excuse me, by the time I was a sophomore um, for being kind of a creep. And so it made me uncomfortable to know that what had happened to me had probably happened to other people and they'd had a similar reaction to me. Mm -hmm. I think part of what made it so difficult for me to not only advocate for myself, but just to process what had even happened is I had grown up in the church and my parents are very Christian and so are my sisters. And I mean, so am I really, but after an experience like this, when you're told that your virginity is sacred for it to be taken from you and to feel that there's judgment around that made it so difficult for me to feel that I could even confide in the people that were like so close around me just my family because I didn't know what reactions would be I knew that ultimately right this isn't my fault did I put myself in a bad situation yeah I did but I didn't ask for this I went with someone who I thought I could trust someone who had like really groomed me to trust them And so I know that ultimately I didn't do anything wrong, but to advocate for yourself as an 18 year old person who grew up not expecting anything like this to ever happen, who went into college expecting to have sex with her husband for the first time. Hmm. I didn't know who to turn to, where to turn, or even how to process something like that changing so rapidly in my life. Yeah. Well, and it's also like a trauma response um, after like assault for, and I think, I don't know if you'll be like surprised by it, but I'm like really expectant for you and all the other like survivors of assault to listen to each other's episodes because of the similarities, but also the feelings of like (laughs) shame and embarrassment that came with, um, the aftermath of being assaulted and just like, even though, like you say, like, I know it wasn't my fault. I feel like in the midst of trauma, your brain is like pointing towards all the things that you could have done to prevent it. 
or like, maybe I shouldn't have drank that much, or maybe, you know, maybe I led him on in this way and was flirty with him and, or, you know, I should have screamed and stopped it or, you know, why didn't I speak up? And now look at how many people are, you know, affected by his actions, which like at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of us who just don't speak up because we're afraid. Um, and it's easier to just not deal with it, to be honest, than right. to deal with it, um, which is also a trauma response. But right, completely. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. I was able to, I fully put it out of my brain for the remainder of college. Mm -hmm. I truly never thought about it. It just never crossed my mind. I knew it had happened, Mm -hmm. but it was not something I ever thought about. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a very severe trauma response for sure. I I now see a therapist about this exact thing. And what I really went in wanting to know is like, why, why my body even bothered to remember? Because ultimately like, I don't know, but part of me thinks I would have preferred to never have really had to think about it. Mm. Yeah. You blocked, you blocked it out. I think that's, I mean, I know that that's super, super normal. And I think, yeah, very sometimes like, yeah, when there's something so traumatic like that, that you experience, and then there's no real, like it's your mind's way of protecting you your body was actually protecting you by you know forgetting the incident and causing you to almost have like an amnesia to something because (sighs) you you were not safe and you didn't feel safe and you didn't feel heard you weren't listened to you know you didn't have the community that you know, not that you didn't have community, but your roommate, for example, like you didn't have that space where you could confide. And then you had your friends or family who are believers, but you know, you weren't sure if that would be something that would be judged on you because you lost your virginity. It was a big thing. It's a big thing to us is um, holding that in pureness for like our future husbands. And so um, your body was protecting it you, which is odd to think that that's even possible and pretty crazy to think that to go through such a traumatic experience and then to go through years of not even like thinking about it, you know, but it's really actually very common. So, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously I know that you had had that first encounter with him where he, took your virginity and raped you. Um, when can you pinpoint when the time was where you truly knew, like I am in danger? Yeah, definitely. I think the, my, the actual rape, I I don't know that I ever felt like I was in danger. You know, I went into a situation thinking I was with a friend and I definitely had a little bit of an alcohol blanket going on. And so I was not aware of any kind of danger that could have been around me. I really did feel like I was in a safe place. Mm-hmm. And by the time it was happening, there was no danger to be felt really. It was, you know, it was truly already happening by the time I became conscious of it, by the time I woke up. And so I never really felt like I was in danger during the actual rape or before it. When I really felt like I was in danger was that I was at that party and he walked in behind me. Mm-hmm. There are still things that I work through in therapy around feeling powerless and just absolutely 
despising the feeling of feeling powerless. I really consider myself to be a very strong woman. Um, but I think part of why that feeling is so important to me is because one of the most terrifying moments of my life was walking into that bathroom and having nothing that I could do to save myself. Mm. Just, I, you know, I don't know what I looked like, but I'm sure I went ghost white because there was just truly nothing I could do when he walked in behind me and locked the door. I couldn't get around him. I couldn't fight him. I couldn't scream. Mm. You know, there was nothing I could do. And so that's when I really felt like I was in danger and I still internalize those feelings of powerlessness like to this day, truly. Yeah. What other ways do you feel like that situation that you were in has um, manifested in your life? I think for me, it's twofold. I think um, I know that immediately after the initial assault and then really what felt like a secondary assault, even though he never even laid a hand on me, that that still continues to be the part that I am stuck on the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had an uncomfortable relationship with men. I I felt like I really needed validation specifically from men through pretty much my junior year of college. I just like having known that I had been assaulted by a man who really wasn't actually interested in me threw me off in a way that I I couldn't describe at the time. Now I understand that really what was happening was that he had gotten what he wanted, but I just felt like I wasn't desirable Mm -hmm. when really what happened had nothing to do with me. Um, So I threw myself at at men. I felt, and not sexually, I still remained abstinent, but I just, I wanted male attention from anyone Mm -hmm. who would give it to me. And so I was taking attention from people that like, looking back now, I never would have spent time with, but at the time I just craved the validation. I craved the attention. And so in the immediate years after my assault, what I really just wanted was like that validation to be wanted and to be, to have men interested in me and to validate that I am attractive and I am desirable and all these things. And so I really immediately after had an incredibly unhealthy relationship with, with men in that way. In the longer term, um, it's more internalized trauma. I don't blame myself for what happened, but like I mentioned, I, I still to this day struggle with the idea of being powerless. And I just absolutely hate any situation where I don't feel like I have any power. If I feel like I'm cornered, I begin to feel like incredibly uncomfortable. I I physically shake, I cry, I get I basically manifest the same reaction that I had had when I was in that bathroom to this day, like even in a work situation, if I do something wrong and I realize that I have to own up to it and there's nothing else I can do, I can't cover it. I can't fix it. I like have to admit to it. I have that same, like very visceral shaking, crying reaction, um, as well as with other relationships, like with my current boyfriend or anything like that. So really in the long term, it's affected me mentally on in how I react to truly everyday situations. I know that you said that you have um, like a therapist, so maybe they've already said this, but something that I wanted to just like recommend is whenever you're having that, when you feel triggered, to 
tell yourself like, like even if you need to go to the bathroom and look in the mirror, um, or if you're in public and you can't go in private, like say sort of like have an affirmation for yourself. Like, um, I am safe. Like I am standing, you know, in the kitchen. I am not in danger. Like so-and-so is not here, not here. Like everything's going to be okay. Like, because, um, it's PTSD, like it's what, that's what it, you know, it is. And, um, that's something that I do whenever I feel triggered and like the most random situations like will leave me like having (laughs) like a trauma response. Um, and I'm, I've gotten pretty good at hiding it. Like nobody can probably even tell, but internally my heart's like racing and I'm like, feel super anxious and sweaty. Um, and I will do that. I'll tell myself those affirmations and then I sort of calm down and I don't feel like I'm in fight or flight anymore. I'm, you know, okay. Um, and something so simple as truly just talking to yourself and reminding yourself like that won't happen to you. He will never touch you again. You are okay. And like, you are safe now, you know, definitely my affirmations are, are generally, and you're right. My therapist did encourage me to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, my affirmations are more, they're things that I used to tell other people when they were freaking out about something. Um, and I've found it helpful to tell myself, which is good because hopefully it helped other people when I told them, but I always just tell myself like, you're good. You're great. You're going to be great. Just over and over again. Like you're okay. This is not the end of the world. Like you will move on from this. You will continue to be great. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. So that for me has always helped me. I've always found it calming. Mm -hmm. I say always (laughs) for the last like eight months since I've been in therapy, (laughs) but it's definitely been helpful for me just to remind myself, like, this is not the end of the world. You survived that you'll survive this. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, the last question that I had for you was really, um, how did it manifest in your relationships? Did we already discuss that? I know you kind of mentioned it, but just in dating after, like now that you're out of it, do you feel like it's still affecting your relationships or like in dating? I feel like it's more minor than it was the first couple of years after it happened. I don't do those things anymore I'm not throwing myself at men I genuinely like myself and I like the person I am and the person I'm becoming I think I'm like strong and important and smart and all of those things and so I don't feel like I need the validation from the outside Mm -hmm. so much so it's definitely changed for me I think more than anything and it's both in like my romantic relationships and with my in my friendship relationships I continue to struggle with just power I have always like if I'm in a position where I feel uncomfortable like I'm hanging out with a group of new people or there's someone I don't like or you know something like that is going on I do feel like the need to get the upper hand and so I've worked on it I haven't done anything like this in probably about two years but I have like a distinct memory of snapping at this girl who I didn't particularly like in a social setting because I just felt uncomfortable um, and I needed the upper hand and I regret it and think about it to this day but I I basically said something to make her feel stupid which 
was so unbelievably unkind and unnecessary of me. But mm-hmm. at the time, it's how my brain was was processing, you know, getting the power on my side, like having the upper hand, feeling like I was the strong person in the group. Um, again, I don't do it anymore, but I definitely have. In my romantic relationships, it's similar. Um, I have a boyfriend now. We've been dating for just just shy of a year and a half. He has like a stronger degree than I do. He has an engineering degree. I have a marketing degree. He makes considerably more money than I do. Um, so I've always, since the beginning of our relationship, wanted to feel like he thinks I'm smart. Um, mm-hmm. Because on paper, it would seem like he's smarter than me or you know, he's definitely bigger than me. He's definitely more powerful than me in like a strength sense. And so what I have is my intellect. So I've always wanted him to like notice that I'm smart and, you know, give me those acknowledgements because I still want to feel like I have some kind of upper hand. Hmm. Definitely worked through it a bit in therapy that it's not necessary for me to have the upper hand in literally every situation I go into. Hmm. But you know, as I go through my career and as I go through professional relationships, I always want people to think I'm the best at something. I always want to seem like I'm the most powerful, smartest, whatever in the room. And so that can be difficult when you work with other people who are considerably more senior than you, or you date people who make more money than you, or you're in new situations with new people. So I've definitely in the long term had had some major impacts on how I build relationships, but as I go through therapy, I feel that weakening more and more. Yeah. I think it's really, it's really neat to hear you just like own the areas where like, you know, that the inner work needs to happen. Um, And it sometimes sucks that like you have to even (laughs) like, it's like something happens to you that like was not fair and shouldn't have happened to you. And then you're responsible for the, like for healing and working through everything, which is hard, you know, but at the end of the day, like this situation, like I would never want someone to ever go through it. But, um, when you're, you're willing to do the the inner work, (laughs) you grow from it and you become stronger and you have, you know, a story to tell, which is why you're here. And I know it's going to relate and resonate with people it has with me. And um, I know that everybody would like to know, and I think you mentioned a bit of it, but what are, what are your visions and dreams now? And where are you at now? Now I feel, I feel like if I could go back and undo it while it was like horrible and traumatic, definitely, this is so silly to say, but it was definitely character building where there are parts of the personality that it created. I don't love. You know, I don't love that I like have this crazy like hunger for power. I don't like that at all. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an attractive trait. I don't think it's a trait that I would want to see in other people. I think it's, I just think it's gross. I don't love that, but I'm working on that. The things that I do like that came out of this, that I continue to be that person and will continue into my future to be is like a staunch feminist and absolute fighter for women and rights of women and their autonomy over their own bodies as I move forward. I think a really big part of why I feel so strongly about the empowerment of women and the strength of women is because of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I continue to be an advocate. I continue to be in support groups and I, you know, I work at a shelter 
where I currently live um, with women, helping them with career growth. I continue to really move forward in my career. I'm very hungry for just more and more work. I actually love working. Um, so I continue to really move forward in my career and move forward in my relationships. I think more than anything, like moving forward, building my future. I think that what's important to me is that I continue to be open to therapy and open to advice and open to what other people have to say. Because while it's my life, I obviously to this point have had trouble juggling what has happened to me. And mm -hmm. I do think that turning to a therapist and telling my family and telling the people around me has really helped me grow, helped me change the things about this situation, about my assault that really hurt me. Those things have really helped. So looking forward and just look forward to growing my career, growing my relationships and staying close to my family. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> truly amazing. Like, I think that this situation could have easily um, created a trajectory for your life that, you know, I mean, it was unfair and unjust what happened to you, but you definitely chose to grow and chose to walk and move forward. And I mean, you can see the fruit in your life now. Um, what do you feel is one thing that you would say to the people listening as like advice or a tip? I think, I mean, I think I would do things a little differently. I mean, I don't know how it would have turned out for me, but I think some of the most painful memories outside of the actual assault for me are feeling just like so incredibly alone after it happened, you know, I'd been rejected by this guy. He had violated me in a way that I really hadn't been prepared for or expected. And I allowed myself to just become completely isolated. I didn't tell anyone about it. I would, I'm not going to give people advice to turn to the police unless that's something they want to do. I, again, like I'll reiterate a thousand times. I think it's crazy that people are expected to advocate for themselves so quickly after something like this, but I would just tell people to tell somebody, like tell someone you trust, tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell somebody that you know would like, would be understanding of the situation. If you don't have anyone to tell, like tell me, tell somebody that like, you know what happened to tell like a, an ear, a sympathetic ear, anyone you can speak to about this, just talking it out. I think immediately after and helping myself know that I'm not alone, you know, rape is something that happens to two out of three women. I have two sisters. So there are three girls in our family and we meet the statistic. And so I know that this is something that happens to other people and there are sympathetic ears and there are people that would understand. And I really think talking to someone about it, even if it's not the day after, even if it's not the week after, like whenever you're ready to process it, tell somebody. Yeah. So good. Truly. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story with us. Um, yeah, I really, really appreciate it. And I know that others are going to listen to it and be teary eyed like I was and <laughs> to even just hear like your growth and where you're at now. So thank you.